0: Hey, guys, it's Abdul from Good Friends over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. No prom season will be here before you know it, so make sure you get the tuxes from Leon Taylor. Yeah, I know there's those other big box places where you could probably get something, but trust me, they will not do your son the justice that Leon Taylor will do. They'll make sure he looks good, looks great, and hey, by the way, Leon Taylor isn't just tuxes, too. It's also weddings. Ta-da, because remember, they did the tuxes for my wedding nine years later, still married. Exactly. So Leon tailoring, whether it's tuxes for prom or tuxes for wedding or just a tux in general, swing on by 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. Well, from time to time, we like to talk to the folks at Indiana's different colleges, and universities and see what's going on in their neck of the woods, how higher education impacts you and your family. And so joining us on the news line is Charles Johnson. Charles is the president of Vincennes University. So, Charles, sir, thank you very much for being with us. We do appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, Abdul. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, So uh, to help our audience out here, what exactly, uh, who is is Vincennes University? Which population do you serve here in the state of Indiana?
1: Well, we, um, we are based here in Vincennes in the southwest corner. We operate pretty much all over the state of Indiana, including several sites in central Indiana. Uh, we are Indiana's oldest college and university here, founded in 1801. Uh, we are primarily a two-year school or junior college, have been that way since 1889, but are uh, uh, also providing baccalaureate degrees. But we do a lot of workforce training programs. We do a lot of workforce-aligned programs as well as transfer programs that go on to uh, uh, some of our state's best institutions. Uh, we, uh, we serve an, as an open enrollment institution, so our students come to us um, from any kind of high school background, uh, wishing to pursue college or uh, career opportunities. Uh, and uh, we we serve about sixteen thousand students, mostly around the state of Indiana, uh, in, during the current academic year.
0: Uh, how was the current how has the current academic been, academic year been for you folks? Like I said, because I know for the past couple of years, uh, COVID has sort of you know kind of changed the way we deliver a higher education here in the state of Indiana.
1: Well, it has been a learning experience, uh, and it has been an opportunity for us to maybe test ourselves and learn more about what we can do well and faced with, when faced with uh, different challenges and changes and conditions. But it has really been, I think, worthwhile. Uh, we have been able to maintain face-to-face instruction throughout most of this academic year. We took a brief pause in January when our COVID numbers uh, spiked a little bit. But other than a four-day break, everything has been done traditionally as we have always done them in a face-to-face learning environment, a lot of hands-on learning that we do. Uh, but we've, we've had a couple of uh challenges to get to this point but right now we're two weeks out from our commencement and our things are looking like we are going to get through this academic year with few bru- bruises bruises and a couple scratches
0: <laughs> well someone who teaches uh at ivy tech and the university of indianapolis i totally sympathize and completely understand my friend uh what you folks have gone through uh how did the how did, you get, did you guys do any any, uh, any distance any zoom learning how did the professors and the students handle that
1: we did, especially uh, in, in March of 2020. Like all schools, we uh, we made the decision with little to no advance notice and planning to transition everything to remote learning. So in March of 2020, we went from fully face-to-face uh, to a spring break, and then a week later came back after spring break and everything was remote, including our welding classes and our diesel technology classes and our machining classes and all robotics classes. And that was a real heavy lift for our faculty. They did a tremendous job of trying to translate what they could to online learning and we did that for the remaining six weeks of the semester. And then we came back in the fall of 20 and through the 2021 academic year, we did a blend of higher, uh, of of online learning as well as face-to-face and hands-on. I tried to minimize the number of students in classes and labs uh, and really, uh, for the most part, we were able to maintain that schedule as we had planned as well. We did have masks and, and other social distancing practices in place, uh, but we got through it and, and were able to finish the 2021 year. And then thinking with the vaccines that we were scot-free and we'd be able to go back to normal, we, we launched, uh, we, we removed our mask policy in the summer and we're ready to go into the fall, but then with uh, the Omicron variant and Uh, Delta variant out there, we ended up going back to school with masks on um, and maintained that again through the fall semester, primarily face-to-face. Some classes had shifted to online, so some of the classes that were more conducive to that kind of learning, like say some of our English classes or social science classes, but all of our hands-on courses maintained a very traditional kind of hands-on experience, and we've gotten to that point this year. We removed the masks about a month and a half ago, and things seem to be looking good.
0: Our guest on the program today is Charles Johnson. Charles is the president of Vincennes University uh, in southwest Indiana, so we're talking about uh, just some of the things that Vincennes University has gone through, and uh, also uh, who they serve and their student population. Uh, Charles, it's interesting, uh, like I said, because I know uh, when I taught, uh, it was it was kind of tricky enough to teach business law and speech classes online. How did the how the, the instructors and professors of Vincennes University teach welding online? That, i, that I got to give them a big round of applause. <laughs> (laughs) You can pull that off.
1: Well, they uh, fortunately for a lot of the hands-on work and the projects that needed to be done, by the time we, we, were able, we had to convert to completely online in March of 2020, they had gotten through most of the hands-on activities. So they were able to kind of finish up with demonstrations and simulations and discussions and things about various things. They obviously couldn't do actual welding at that time. And then as we came into the 2021 20, year and through this year, uh, we've learned that there are some things that actually work pretty well in an online environment. So if I'm going to, talk about doing something and demonstrate it, uh, it might actually be better for me to do it in a video format that then can be played by the student and replayed and and they can pause and go to the restroom or if they didn't get the right information, they were confused about a term the faculty member used, they can go back to it. And then when we bring them into the labs or into the facilities to actually do the hands-on piece, they've had an opportunity to go back and review maybe the the lesson that was taught in the classroom. So in some ways, it's actually given us, I think, a peek into how we might be able to use this hybrid approach going forward, even with our traditionally hands-on and, and lab-intensive pro- programs and courses.
0: Like uh, I we're talking about your student population. Where do most of your students come from? Like I said, you know, you have a lot of students across the state of Indiana. Uh, do, do, do a majority of them come from the central Indiana area or are you more of a regional location? So
1: we- students from pretty much from all 92 counties of Indiana throughout much of Illinois, which we're right on the border with, uh, across the United States uh, here on the Vincennes campus, um, as well as internationally. Uh, international numbers, as you might expect, have taken a little bit of a hit during the pandemic, but uh, came back a little stronger this year. Uh, we're also on about a dozen or so military sites around North America, delivering uh, Vincennes University education to active duty men and women and sometimes their families. Uh, And we even send faculty out on on Coast Guard cutters for deployment. So we really do serve a nationwide audience, uh, but with the vast majority of our students are coming from Indiana.
0: Our guest on the program today is Charles Johnson. Charles is the president of Vincennes University. We'll talk about the school and also some of the challenges and some of the issues that it faces. Uh, Charles, I know a, lot of, a, lot of, a big issue for a lot of schools in Indiana has been student population, uh, particularly during the pandemic. I know a lot of folks lost a lot of students. Uh, have you guys seen a, a, a sort of a resurgence in your student population, or what's going on with that?
1: Well, system-wide, we had a bit of a bounce back. We, we grew by about 2% headcount-wise last fall. Uh, for over fall of 20, uh, numbers have been, have been a concern and traditional numbers especially have been a concern. We've seen growth, as you might expect, in our online programs, uh, also with our dual credit program partnerships with uh, uh, our partners in high schools and career centers around the state of Indiana. Uh, we, in the middle of the pandemic, however, we launched a first in the nation apprenticeship program with Amazon uh, that moved to Vincennes, and we've graduated about 500 of those apprentices since the start of the pandemic. And so that's been a nice counterweight to some of the more traditional types of programming uh, where we've seen some some softer enrollments. Right now, we're trending up for for fall of 20. 20- 22 uh, across nearly all of our locations and system-wide as of right now, up about six or 7%. If the numbers continue to hold, that will be a nice bounce back from pre-pandemic numbers um, with the hope obviously that we are able to kind of build on that.
0: Our guest on the program today is Charles Johnson. Charles is the president of Vincennes University. So we're talking about uh, Vincennes University as well as some of the issues facing higher education these days here in the state of Indiana and also uh, across the country. Uh, Charles, uh, help us out here. Uh, how has Vincennes University uh, kind of kept costs uh, reasonably manageable so students can afford to go there? Because I, uh, I know cost of college has been a major issue here in the state of Indiana and also across the country.
1: It is. And, and, you know, I think that uh, while I still believe that higher education and and education of nearly every type is uh, uh, one of the best investments you can make, it is not something that should be entered into lightly and and that people need to be good consumers. And so we've done our our best to keep our tuition uh, as low as possible. Our our tuition still is uh, the second lowest overall in the state of Indiana and the lowest for any college with a residential campus. Uh, and that's been something that has been a a source of tremendous effort and pride on our faculty and our staff. Uh, We we have folks that I think that that work very hard to be cost conscious and be good um, stakeholders and good uh, caretakers of the resources we have. Uh, Our our students come to us from a variety of different backgrounds, and for some of them, this is a a major, major uh, investment and cost for their lives and they're they're concerned about how they can pay for college. We have very robust and generous scholarship programs that we offer. Uh, coming out of the pandemic, knowing that higher education was going to be something that was important to families, but that many of them were stressed uh, financially because of the pandemic, uh, we launched a housing scholarship program that we're continuing uh, up to $2,500 a year for any student who comes to Vincent's University and lives on the Vincennes campus. Uh, we have, also have a number of, of other uh, scholarships to help assist students, and this is on top of Pell Grants and uh, 21st Century Scholar Dollars and O'Bannon Scholar Dollars that the state puts in. Uh, so we can make it possible for a student to get a Vincennes University education and patchwork of their financial aid to have um, a very modest outlay uh, out-of-pocket and the opportunity for great education. And that's wonderful if they're going into workforce immediately after VU. And we have many graduates who, who come to VU, uh, complete their degree in two years, and go to work making $60,000 a year, $50,000 a year in, in some high-demand, high-skill areas. And then we have others who wish to go on and get a bachelor's degree from IU or Purdue or ISU or Ball State or IUPUI or USI and, uh, or any other schools, and they're able to do so and starting at Vincent's University, they can get that same Purdue degree, um, and maybe save five or ten thousand uh, dollars or more off the cost of that education, and still have that same diploma hanging on the wall.
0: Uh, I know there was a big debate uh, discussion in the legislature this past session about uh, whether uh, students filling out the FAFSA forms uh, should be mandatory or <laughs> voluntary. Uh, how are students at Vincent's University uh, dealing with that form? Uh, do you guys have a high completion rate, or do you got to uh, maybe give people a little bit of a push?
1: We have really tried to do all we can to provide support for students. It can be a daunting process, especially for first-generation students whose parents perhaps have not had to deal with this form before. It can be somewhat uh, intimidating because you're sharing a lot of personal financial information in that document. Um, And so we have been doing one-on-one Zoom counseling sessions and and seminars and webinars for parents and students to encourage them to complete that FAFSA to take advantage of all of the resources that would be available to them, including many of our scholarships, which are um, depend on them finding a FAFSA as well. And we've had a, a pretty good completion rate, although I think numbers statewide still are trending down overall, even nationwide are trending down a bit. Um, but we've made a real push to try to make it as accessible and provide as much support as possible for our students and parents.
0: Uh, How's been since university with its completion rates? I know that was a big debate discussion here uh, in Indiana a while back.
1: Is always always a major concern, a major focus of ours. We dedicate a lot of resources to retention and academic support to help students get to that finish point. We, we work a lot with them and their parents on degree planning and advising. Um, we've been very fortunate in the last uh, couple of years or so. We have seen some substantial improvements in our on-time completions, uh, so much so that our um, our on-time graduation rate while not as high as we'd like it to be, is about two and a half times the national average for uh, two-year schools, uh, which they tend to be around 13 to 14 percent. We're well into the 33 percent or so range. Uh, and that doesn't include students who come to VU maybe and spend a semester or two and then transfer on to another institution they don't complete, but they are still you know, pursuing their degree. So we feel like this is an area that we've made concerted effort to improve in. We've had some good results and we're continuing to focus on
0: it. Uh, Charles Johnson with us for a few more minutes on the program day. He is the president of Vincennes University. Uh, Charles, a uh, question for you. Uh, obviously, Bob, uh uh, four year, uh, I say college isn't necessarily for everyone. I've been teaching for almost 20 years now, but I, I do believe that we need some type of post-secondary education in the 21st century because a high school diploma uh, just isn't going to cut it uh, anymore the way it did for our parents and our grandparents. So I guess my question is, what are you folks doing at Vince University to make sure that that two-year degree, that if a student does come to Vincennes, they finish those two years, uh, that there is a job or some, they are qualified to do something when they get done?
1: That's been our history, of Bill. I mean, we have just uh, this year we'll have just under 2,000 students who are in apprenticeships or work-based learning programs across the various partners that we have. We work closely with partners in advanced manufacturing and aviation and logistics, in diesel technologies, in uh, precision agriculture, uh, welding in a variety of areas, nursing, healthcare programs, where students have great uh, opportunities to have employer exposure and work-based learning experiences. Uh, We believe heavily and always have in hands-on learning, and that's why the pandemic was a special challenge for us, because our students get the chance to get their their hands on the actual equipment and, and hopefully not break it, but get a chance to learn how to fix it or how to operate it. Uh, and so you know, I think our, our students come out of our two-year programs that are going into career paths, have very relevant skills, very practical skills, and in many, many cases, a direct work experience related to that by the time they get that credential or that degree.
0: Charles, John's with us for a couple more minutes on the program day. Uh, Charles, uh, we have a new uh, commissioner of higher education here uh, in the state of Indiana. Uh, have you met with him? Have you had a chance to speak yet? Uh, kind of share what uh, what direction you folks think higher ed should be going in Indiana?
1: Well, we're really excited. Chris Lowry is someone I've known well for many years through his uh, work in uh, workforce development at Ivy Tech, uh, and uh, so we are, are excited that uh, he's taking on uh, this role with a deep understanding of, of both the opportunities and some of the challenges we need to face in higher education and in workforce development. Uh, and Chris is actually going to be visiting with us, I think, next week, coming to campus to meet with us and our leadership team to talk about what uh, we need to be doing, what we need to be focusing on together to help really provide more opportunity for the 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 next generations of Hoosiers.
0: What would you say is a big challenge facing higher ed, and not only just in Indiana, but across the country these days?
1: Well, our college going rate out of high schools has dipped. And I think that we are in danger of losing population, a generation of a population of three or four or five years of folks where they will not have had access to higher education um, immediately after high school. And sometimes it is difficult to get people back into the system unless there's you know, some additional push or incentive to do so. The biggest concern for us and our campus in Vincennes, we're about 55 to 60% male because of our program mix. And in Indiana, the male population of high school going uh, rate from among the male, male high school graduates has been closer to the 50% mark in the last couple of years. And that was pre pandemic. Females are still going at about a 60 65% clip, which is kind of consistent with where it, where it has been historically, but we could lose an entire population of males who will need that. It may not be a credential, but they're going to need to continue to learn and grow and develop skills to maintain relevance.
0: Uh, why do you think that is? Was it just is it just because of the current worker shortage that folks say, hey, I can go make $20 an hour you know, and not have to go to college and have a bunch of student loan debt? Or what do you think that the rationale is?
1: Well, I think there is certainly absolutely an element of that economic reality. Uh, we, we see students who are, you know, employers are hiring, they have need, the uh, wages have grown, um, and they can go to work immediately and make, you say, 17 to $20 an hour. And I don't blame them for taking advantage of that opportunity while it's there. Uh, so that's certainly true and, and historically uh, the economic cycles and higher education enrollments, particularly in the two-year programs, are countercyclical. And when we have growth in jobs, uh, enrollment in two-year schools tends to decline. When we have a recession or higher unemployment, growth in two-year schools tends to increase. So we are, you know, still in a, a long cycle of, of growth despite the, the one bump during the pandemic. So that's one factor. I also think we've got to make sure we are more refined in our conversation about higher education. I think there's been a lot of voices out there saying you don't need to go to college or college isn't worth it or uh, um, you know, college or no college, do choices, right? Go to college or don't go to college. And I think the, con- the, the decision is, is not a dichotomy. It's not a this or that. It is maybe in some ways different pathways to get to that same education. I don't think anyone argues that we need to be, we, we can graduate from high school and have all the skills that are gonna be demanded of us in the new economy and in the new, new industries that are coming along with new technologies. But giving a pathway to get to that endpoint that may not be graduating from high school, going directly to school full time and getting a bachelor's degree at 22, there may be multiple ways to get there. In fact, maybe even preferred ways. Uh, i I'd maintain that a, a person who works their way through school, is able to pay their way, borrow less money, maybe take a little longer to get to that degree, is probably better off than the person who borrowed money to get through at 22, but now has to kind of figure out how, what they're going to do with their, their skills and their, their education. And so we can build multiple pathways to get there.
0: All right. Well, a good conversation uh, with Charles Johnson, Charles the President of Vincennes University. Charles, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. And next time you're in Indianapolis, uh, feel free to stop by. I'd love to sit and chat with you some more.